1: You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, episode number 21. Hey guys, we are doing a birth story today with my friend Sienna. And Sienna had a very interesting birth story that I'm excited to share with you guys. And the cool thing about Sienna is that I got into contact with her because she won my, I think it was 100,000 followers. I did a giveaway on my page and she won it. So she won, I think I was giving like a gift card away and then I was also giving away like a one hour Skype Session with me. If she, you know, she was pregnant at the time, and you could ask me questions or just. Talk to me. (laughs) So that was part of you know what she won. So I talked to her for a good hour, chatted with her. She's super sweet. We, you know, she was, I don't know, 30 weeks or so pregnant when I chatted with her. So yeah, I met her, got into contact with her at that time. She was still pregnant, and I was like, hey, after you give birth, you know, I'm planning on doing this podcast later in the year. If you want to come on my podcast and tell me about your birth story, then you absolutely can. And yeah, that's what we did. So Sienna. This was her first pregnancy. And guys, she actually had, do I will, do I want to spoil it? Yeah, I guess I can spoil it. She had a vaginal delivery, but she actually had a breech birth, a breech vaginal delivery, no epidural, no nothing. Very, very interesting. They didn't find out that her baby was breech until like the very, very end. So I was on the edge of my seat because I knew kind of, I knew what happened going into this episode, but it was just very cool to hear her tell this story. So without further ado, let's hear from Sienna.
0: You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, where we firmly believe in the power of education when it comes to giving birth. Tune in each week as we dive into pregnancy-related topics, expert interviews, and a variety of birth stories. As a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast is not medical advice. Please see mommylabornurse.com slash
1: disclaimer for more details. And now, here's your host, educator, registered nurse,
0: and fellow mom, Liesel Teen.
1: Today's episode of the Mommy Labor Nurse podcast was sponsored by Juna. Juna is the companion app for your motherhood journey. I've talked about Juna a lot on my podcast before. I've had Sarah, the founder of Juna on my podcast to share her birth stories and talk a little bit more about Juna. But Juna is basically an app that you can download on your phone. I currently have it downloaded on my phone and I have the right week in there of my pregnancy. And it gives you fitness information and nutrition information for the current week that you're in. It follows you throughout your whole pregnancy and into postpartum, and it gives you scientifically backed up-to-date fitness and nutrition information all in one place. When you download Juna, you'll enter your baby's due date if you're expecting or your baby's birthday if you just had your baby. Then you'll be put directly into the appropriate week of your journey. There's a key nutrient every single week with recipe suggestions, a daily trimester-specific workout, and pregnancy and postpartum tips from Sarah and the team at Juno. There's really no other app like it out there. I personally use this app to work out. It's really, really easy. I just put my phone on a tripod and I, you know, sometimes I do it at the office. Sometimes I do it at home and I just follow these little workouts and they're super easy, very, very easy to follow. And you can do modifications. It's not like these crazy, crazy hard, hard workouts where you're like, oh my God, I'm dying. (laughs) Cause I don't like working out like that. They're upper body, lower body, total body, and then Barilates, I think I'm saying that's right, which focus on core, pelvic floor, and booty. I think those are my favorite ones that I've done. I've done all of them, but I like the Barilates ones the best. There's also postpartum workouts, three different programs, one that kind of gets you started in the first six weeks after you give birth because you don't want to be doing anything super strenuous at that point. And it's all about pelvic floor re-strengthening, okay? And then the next two programs kind of build on each other after you get clearance from your doctor or your provider at six weeks. I love it. I think it's a really, really great, easy app. She's always adding stuff in there too, so it's got a lot of Really, really great information in there. Sarah is also giving a special offer to all the mommy listeners if you are interested in this app. So, right now you can get Juna. It's you have a free seven day trial, but right now you can get Juna for 20% off a full subscription, a yearly subscription by using the code Liesel that's L I E S E L at subscribe.juna.co. Again, that's 20% off. Any subscription from Juna, and the promo code is Liesel, my first name, L I E S E L, at subscribe.juna.co. And now let's get into today's episode. Hi, Sienna. Welcome to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. Of course, I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Can you just start by telling listeners a little bit about yourself and your family? Where are you from? What you do? All that good stuff.
0: Sure. So I am 21. I met my husband in college in Rexburg, Idaho. We got married last May and we just had a baby in July. Yeah. And I'm originally from Kansas. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Well, we are doing a birth story
1: today, guys. We're gonna be talking about the birth of your baby boy, right? Yes. <laughs> so we can go back all the way back, you know, to when you kind of found out you were pregnant, but you know, if you had any fertility issues, all that good stuff. How, how did that experience go?
0: Okay. So we got married in May and I'm very religious. And so we believed in abstinence before marriage. And so before I got married, I went in to get put on birth control because I was never on birth control before. Mm-hmm. And when I went in, my OBGYN was asking me a bunch of questions and we found out that I probably had PCOS. Mm. And so later... With testings, we followed up, and it turns out I did have PCOS, and she told me that there was a chance that, you know, I could struggle with getting pregnant, and it's always been my dream to be a mom, like, that's all I have ever wanted in this life, and so my husband and I talked about it a lot, and we decided to get put on medication right away to, not necessarily like, we weren't adamantly working to get pregnant, but this medication just regulated my period. So I would ovulate normally. So it would just make me a normal human, my body mm-hmm. was supposed to be what it was supposed to do. Yeah, And I got pregnant like a month later. <laughs> so no issues at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> we were like weighing the odds. Okay. Would we rather have a family late in life or mm-hmm. early? And he said, it'll be okay if we have it early. And yeah. totally we're not expecting that. We were actually in Kansas visiting my family for Thanksgiving when we found out, but because I was put on that new medication, I just thought I was sick all the time because there's a bunch of side effects with it. Yeah. And we just could not figure out what was going on. And I was getting my wisdom teeth removed from my dentist here. And so before we went in, I was supposed to take a pregnancy test just to make sure I wasn't pregnant. Mm-hmm. And that test was negative. And so I literally had no idea why I was so sick because mm-hmm. I was like, well, I'm not pregnant. So what is going on? Mm-hmm. So a couple of weeks go by and I'm still sick. And my mom's like, okay, you need to call your doctor in Idaho because this, you shouldn't be sick still weeks, right. and weeks after taking this. And so before I called her, I was like, maybe I should just take one more test. And so I had my husband run to Dollar Tree and get a pregnancy test and I took it and it was positive. And we were mm. both like staring at it, waiting for it to like change or something. Cause we we're like, there's no way <laughs> change back I, to negative. You were waiting. for right. it. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> we're like, is this real? Is <laughs> it like, is there something else that's going to happen? <laughs> yeah. So my husband, it was so funny. He was freaking out kind of. He was like reading the instructions for 10 minutes. He was like, are you sure these things aren't expired? I need to go get a real pregnancy test because a Dollar Tree one we can't trust. (laughs) So 10 pregnancy tests later, it was true. I was still pregnant.
1: (laughs) Of course you were because those Dollar Tree tests, I swear, they work better than some of the really expensive ones. Like That's just what I've heard from Other people that like, hey, don't spend $14 on, you know, a nice fancy test. Like, just go to the Dollar Tree a day after you missed your period and take a Dollar Tree test.
0: Seriously. Yep. They were (laughs) (laughs) accurate. So, yeah, that's how we found out me being super sick. And it did not stop ever. Yeah. I was like sick my whole pregnancy. It was not fun. Oh, gosh. Gosh. Well,
1: okay. So how did, so you found out and then how did the rest of your, do you have any complications? How did the rest of your pregnancy go?
0: So I was pretty sick. Um, I remember going to California for Christmas to spend Christmas with my husband's family. And I just spent the entire time in the bedroom. And I remember like trying to surprise them to tell them that we were pregnant, but everyone could tell before we even <laughs> got to tell them because I was just, it was awful. Yeah. Aww. Um it's okay though. Once I think once the second trimester hit like halfway through the second trimester I was able to function a little bit. So yeah. that was nice. <laughs> there was a light at the end of the tunnel, right? <laughs> right. Yes. Um but other than that it was a pretty normal pregnancy. I had like really bad sciatic pain, mm-hmm. but the chiropractor was my best friend. So I just went in there all Good. the time. <laughs> Good. I just
1: I actually yeah. just the episode that I released on Monday, I just answered that question. Like I talked a lot about sciatic pain because that is so common and it sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's horrible, horrible pain. And that was one of the things that I brought up with see a chiropractor because they can Really help you out. The chiropractor and like a good massage therapist can really help. Right, but yeah, but yeah. Well, awesome. Well, cool. Well, let's get further along into your pregnancy, your third trimester, getting up to delivery. How many weeks were you in when you went into labor? Did you go into labor? Were you induced? How did how did that go?
0: So. My due date was July 26, mm-hmm. and on July 3rd, I was about 36 weeks pregnant. I went into my doctor's appointment, and she said I was a 90% effaced and dilated to a four. So I was mm-hmm. like kind of freaking out at 36 um, weeks. Wow, right? And I was freaking out because I was in the middle of school, and all my finals were due on his due date. And so mm-hmm. for them to be due early, I was like kind of stress oh, yeah so like every day is going by I'm like trying to not do anything that's gonna throw me into labor
1: like um, don't touch me don't move don't yeah, yeah, don't yeah. sneeze
0: <laughs> yeah my husband's like, I'm walk. I'm like no I can't this baby's gonna fall out of me <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> so that didn't work though so he ended up being born um 10 days early I was 38 weeks and okay. two days but um So it was a Monday morning. I was like, I felt so much pressure down there. And I'm like, wow, this baby feels like he's right in between my legs. Like Mm -hmm. I was waddling hardcore because I couldn't move like normal. Mm -hmm. And um, my mom and I had a appointment to get a pedicure that Monday at like three o'clock. And I was like so dead set on having my toes done (laughs) that my water broke at 245 in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. and I wasn't like sure that my water broke because I just felt like, I just felt like more discharged than normal. And so I just go to the bathroom, clean myself up. But then it happened like two minutes later. I'm like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. But We were like, on our way to our pedicure appointment. So I just went and got my toes done. And then I felt like a bigger gush. And so I go to the bathroom and clean myself up. And my mom's like, Santa, I think that's your water breaking. You should call the doctor and ask them. And so I called and my doctor's like, yeah, come in. We can test you and see if it was your water. Mm-hmm. So we finished up our pedicure. Meanwhile, my husband's at home packing everything up, freaking out, <laughs> calling, me, asking me why I'm not home right now. I'm like, Trevor, it's fine. I don't feel like I'm in labor. This is probably, this is normal. I'm yeah. not in labor. So we get home and he's literally waiting at the end of the driveway. And I'm like, chill out, Trevor. <laughs> So we go to the hospital and turns out my water did break and it felt so unreal because I did not feel like I was in labor at all. Like yeah. I've been having Braxton Hicks contractions pretty regularly, but they didn't hurt. It's just my stomach got hard and that was it. Mm-hmm. So um, I like I wasn't really progressing. I was still 90% of face and dilated to a four. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were just going to watch me for a little bit. but. We, got, we ended up getting to the hospital at 5.30 and then they put me on Pitocin at, what time was it? They put me on Pitocin at 9.20 at night because I had not progressed at all, hadn't felt any real contractions. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up actually being able to get a little bit of sleep. Thank goodness, because I was so exhausted. And they checked me again at 3.40 in the morning. I still had no change. But then, at around four o'clock in the morning, I started having stronger contractions, and mm-hmm. they were getting painful. And I was actually kind of excited because I was like, "Okay, I'm sick and tired of laying here for forever. Let's mm-hmm. get this go on the road." Mm-hmm. And one thing about my labor and delivery that I want to mention is that I like loved my nurse. She advocated for me left and right. Like she was amazing. We had. I had like my normal, I don't know what you call it, the lady who comes in and checks you. She was like, I don't know.
1: You're OB. But, yeah, you're probably the, was it just the doctor?
0: Yeah, I think yeah. it was just the doctor. Yeah. But there was two of them because one of them was training. And so mm-hmm. every time they okay. would come in to check me, the one that was training would check me. And it hurt so bad. I don't oh. think she knew exactly what she was doing yeah. with her heart. But you might have been in then, a-
1: you, might, Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. You might have been at a teaching hospital because sometimes they, I work at a teaching hospital and they have residents who they're training, and you know, maybe the higher level resident was seeing you and then they were,
0: you know, training like the lower level resident. So maybe that could have been what happened, but. Right. I think that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. But so every time she checked me, the person who was watching over her had to check me too. And they are not fun. And so I like just explained that to my nurse and I was like, I'm fine with the other lady checking me, but the girl who's training just hurts me so bad. And she like took care of it all. Like I didn't even know she did, it, but she just took care of everything. I loved her so much. Good. So yeah, your nurses will totally advocate for you if you just tell them what's going on. Just speak up and tell them what's going on. And
1: yes, we will absolutely do the best we can to make, you know, whatever your request happen. But yeah, I think that's really important to bring up to you that it is in terms of cervical checks or whatever it is, like, it's okay. You don't have to succumb to what they're asking you to do. You know
0: what I mean? Yep. (laughs) It's your birth. You are in control of it. That's right. Once my contractions started getting stronger, like I tried different positions to lay in because I was so uncomfortable and they hurt Mm -hmm. so bad. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know, I feel like all of the other positions made things worse. So I just laid on my back and that was what was best. And... My husband actually took your birth course with me. I made him. Bless his heart. (laughs) And so he was so good. Like I totally wasn't expecting him to like remember anything. Yeah. He was holding my hand through it all. And he was like, you can do anything for 15 seconds. Oh, good. (laughs) Good. He was like, remember, it's like a mountain. It gets harder and harder and harder. And then it peaks and then it'll drop off and you will be just fine. And so bless his heart. I, I could not have done it without him. Sounds like a great coach. <laughs> he was. <laughs> so uh, finally it was getting, I don't know, they were so bad. My contractions hurt so bad. And I was like, yeah. I need an epidural. Yeah. But going through this, I was like, no, I'm going to do an unmedicated birth. No oh, yeah. epidural, no IV pain meds. But I was like, I can't do this anymore. But so then they came in and checked me and I was dilated to a seven. But prior to this, we still thought I was out of four. So I was like, oh, if I'm out of seven, I could totally do this. Like, Let's do this it. Is- yeah. Right. Like I can, I can persevere for a little bit longer. Yeah. So at about six in the morning, they had me start pushing because like they said, his head was turned a little bit, but he was still head down. So they wanted to push so his head would rotate correctly. Mm -hmm. So I started pushing and pushing actually made me feel better. Like I wanted to push because I don't know, for some reason that relieved a lot of the tension in my body. Yeah, that's common. A lot of people say that. Yeah. And one thing that I really liked that I learned from you was to keep everything loose. Like I would find myself clenching my fist and my jaw and that would like, I don't know, make the contractions more intense. But if I just relaxed everything, I was able to breathe through them a lot better. So I started pushing and he wasn't turning the way he should have been. And we were also waiting for my doctor to get there because she was on the next shift. And if we could just hold off a little bit, then she would be able to be there in time. Yeah. But my body started like involuntarily pushing. Like I could not make it stop. Yeah. And his head or so they thought was right there. And they kept joking. They were like, oh, your baby is so bald. He doesn't have a single hair on his head. Turns out, my doctor gets there, and she's like, "You guys, this baby is breech. We are looking (laughs) at his butt." So, and the thing with that is, my pushing just wedged him in there and got him stuck more. So it didn't help turn him or anything. I was so upset, and like they did the sonogram check, they said he was head down. Every cervical check, they said he was head down. So I don't know if somebody messed up. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) yep. I was not very happy. So <laughs> my body's like involuntarily pushing. My doctor gets there like five minutes before he comes. But I was really lucky because she was a high risk. OBGYN. And she like knew she was the lady to deliver a breech baby if it was to happen. That's awesome. Yeah. And she was like, as soon as his butt comes out, we're going to snap the bed down. I'm going to turn him and he's going to come out. And <laughs> I'm like a type of person who loves like bloody gory stuff. And so I was watching the whole thing. And oh my gosh, I don't know if I would have watched it <laughs> if I knew what was going <laughs> to happen. I think it's scarier watching it than. I don't know, feeling it, but he ripped me right open. I got a fourth degree tear. No, it was a third third degree tear. And I don't know. Other than that, though, he was delivered. And the thing with right after he was delivered, he was so peaceful. He was like looking around. Mm -hmm. He didn't cry. It was so weird. We're like, is this baby okay? Yeah. They do that.
1: They do that. Like when they, uh, that is so, it's funny that you bring that up because that is so common with breech babies that come out breech. They get stunned. It's like a, it's like a, I don't know if it's a reflex. I, I, I don't know what it is, but that I see that all the time when I see breech babies, they come out and they're, they just kind of look around. They're like, oh, uh, you know, they eventually cry, but like, it's like a, right. it's weird. Yeah. No, that's, that's yeah. so funny that you brought that up too.
0: Yeah. It was so weird. Yeah. So yeah, he was. Delivered at seven thirty in the morning, but because he was delivered breech, he got so much bruising at birth, like his whole butt was bright purple, sure. and his one of his legs was just completely purple, oh. and oh, it broke my heart so much. I was like, my poor baby, yeah. But he ended up getting jaundice from that because, I don't know, the dead red blood cells Mm -hmm. in his body, his, like, kidney couldn't filter them out soon enough. Mm -hmm. So then that made so many more problems because he wasn't breastfeeding well. He was just very lethargic, like, after the first 24 hours. Mm -hmm. It was really hard to wake him up. It was really hard to do anything. He just wanted to sleep all the time. Yeah. So I ended up having to like hand express into spoons and spoon feed him. Mm-hmm. But once we got home, like that was not like viable option. So I like started pumping and we would cup feed him because I was like dead set on breastfeeding working. I was like, we're not giving this baby a bottle. I want breastfeeding to work. So we were cup feeding him and syringe feeding him. And we kept going back to the doctor's office to get his bilirubin drawn. And every time his levels just kept rising and kept rising. And we did everything we like. We're holding him out in the sun. Mm -hmm. Not direct sunlight because that's bad for babies. But Mm -hmm. we were trying to do everything to get his bilirubin levels down. And finally, after two weeks of cup feeding him, which is a nightmare, Mm -hmm. his levels started dropping. Mm -hmm. And then I found out he has a really bad tongue tie and a lip tie and a tongue thrust. I'm like, oh my goodness. (laughs) So... We ended up having to go out of town for a wedding, so once we got back, he was six weeks when we got his tongue tie and lip tie corrected. And wow, from there, a, I long, was like, time, That's I a
1: we, long time actually.
0: I know we, yeah, we ended up bottle feeding him because it was yeah. just unrealistic to cut yeah. feed and orange feed him. Yeah, so he started on bottles at two weeks, and I know it was such a long time, and I wish we could have got it done sooner. But yeah, but you didn't, you know, you didn't know. Yeah, and yeah, no. So once he got that corrected, I was like, great. Like he'll breastfeed like a champ We're through the woods. Oh my gosh. I was so wrong. Aww. So he like forgot how to suck because the bottles we were using, he would just chomp and milk would come out of them super easy. And so he would just chomp on my boob and wasn't able to get any milk. So I like went to the breastfeeding clinic like three times a week. I was working with them so much mm-hmm. and I, Like we introduced a pacifier to do some suck therapy with him to like retrain his mouth how to suck. We got these Medella calma bottle, like nipples Mm -hmm. to the bottles that they create a vacuum. So he literally has to suck to pull Mm -hmm. the milk out. And that helped. He would like stay on my breast for the first letdown. But after that, he would scream and cry because the milk stopped. Right. So what eventually helped us was we used an SNS, the Supplemental Nursing System, Mm -hmm. and that helped the milk continuously flow, Mm -hmm. and he finally got used to the breast. But I was exclusively pumping for 11 weeks and two days. He started nursing on October 2nd, and oh my gosh, my life was so much easier after that. So that really wasn't
1: that long ago. (laughs) I mean, now it's right. just for reference, guys, it's November. So that, yeah, this is all very
0: fresh for you. It is. And I have like a massive oversupply because I was pumping. Oh, yeah. And so now we're dealing with the struggles of that, trying to wean down my supply. He has like a four milk, hind milk imbalance because he only gets four milk if he nurses and I don't pump. Oh, yeah. There's still struggles, but we're on the uphill climb now.
1: That's good. And just, I think it's good for people to realize too, that there is an uphill, but sometimes it doesn't happen for a while, (laughs) but just hang in there, you know, like it's not some, just talk to another person and, and she was talking about how it was like, it was two weeks of like terrible, terrible issues. And then like, eventually it got better and things got better. And for you, it was, three months or however long, You're you know, right. like it was a long time. So it does it there is light at the end of the tunnel, but sometimes it's at two weeks and sometimes it's at three months. So that's good. Right. It's a good reminder to, you know, kinda of let people know. I did want to ask you though too about your postpartum recovery and how that was with having such an intense surgery tear and how just your bleeding was and all that stuff. So if you could talk a little bit about that, that would be great.
0: Sure. It was awful. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be honest yeah I, like literally could not get out of bed on my own I couldn't walk had to like waddle with my legs spread it hurt so bad like I would go through labor again but like mm-hmm. postpartum was worse than labor and delivering a breech baby without an epidural or pain meds like that yeah. is painful but Ooh. this was worse Yeah, and I think it's so. No, go ahead. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. (laughs) No, you're good. I was just going to say that the bathtub was my best friend because there, like, it just calmed everything and made it feel so much better. Yeah. But I, my bedroom is on the second floor of our house. And so, like, walking upstairs and everything hurt so bad. And with Everett's like going to the doctor's appointment for all of his Billy Rubin draws, like Mm -hmm. it was so funny because the nurse would call her name and it would take me like five minutes just to get to the door. And then they'd walk really fast back to the lab room and I'm like, okay, I'll catch up with you. My husband had the baby and they were like clear up in front of us, but I just could not walk like two weeks. It was really painful. But when I was at the hospital, I got a bunch of those cold packs and mm-hmm. I've lived in them and they like sent me home with high dosage of ibuprofen and Percocet. Mm-hmm. And so I was very drugged up, but yeah. I had to. It's just <laughs> rough. Yeah. Yeah. It was no, so I remember.
1: Th- I remember thinking that too, that, I mean, labor was terrible. Like it's, those contractions are no joke, but I just wasn't prepared for that postpartum pain and that recovery, you know? So I think that's why it was so bad for me. I just had, yeah, like just terrible hemorrhoids and rectal pain and like just cramping and all of this stuff. So yeah, I think it's important for people to realize that too, that postpartum isn't always, you know, just a walk
0: in the park be very, very I know. painful. I, I know. When I see women who like just deliver and then they're out at the park the next yeah. day, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: such a different everybody's experience is so different too. I mean, there are yeah. obviously, yes, people who do that and can get up and walk and are fine and don't have severe tears or don't have any tears at all and are just completely fine. And then there's other people who, you know, it takes weeks and you can barely walk and, you know, it's mm-hmm. a really hard recovery. So, no, thank you for mm-hmm. sharing that and, and sharing all of that. But, well, awesome. Well, I was, while you were, the whole time you were talking, I was thinking, do you watch Friends? Like, do you watch yes. Friends? I do. Okay. I just watched the episode where Rachel Rachel gave birth and like, that's exactly what happened with you. (laughs) Like she, I don't know if you remember that episode, like like specifically, but she, that's exactly what happened. I mean, she labored for a really, really long time, but she was pushing and they didn't know that she was breached, that her baby was breached. And then as she was pushing, they were like, oh, oh okay, I guess that's a (laughs) butt. That's a butt coming out, not a head. So that's exactly what happened. And it was funny because I was talking to somebody about that the other day, a coworker or something. And I was like, gosh, like, can you imagine that happening? Like, because that this was in 2002 or whatever, whenever that episode was. And it was more, you know, it's more common for things Mm -hmm. like that to happen because they don't have, you know, they're not constantly checking with ultrasound or, you know, it's like, it, this kind of thing doesn't happen a whole lot because we're pretty good at recognizing right. when a baby is breached. Pretty good. Not all the right. time, but I think your story is just so good because it's evidence that, Hey guys, we still do. It still happens. Sometimes yeah, you go does. through labor and get to 10 centimeters and Oh, that is not a hit. That is a butt. So <laughs> yeah. I think it's great that you, that you shared this and that you shared Obviously, you were successful and, you know, he came out fine. He was just stunned, but he came out breached and he was fine. So so thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. So can you just quickly, I know you're on Instagram, right? Because you follow me on Instagram. Can you just uh, remind listeners if they wanted to follow you, where they can
0: find you? Sure. My handle is Sienna underscore Scousin. Do you want me to like spell that out? Sure.
1: (laughs) I know Skousen is kind of a tough one.
0: It is. So it's S-I-E-N-N-A underscore S-K-O-U-S-E-N. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll put that in the show notes for people to
1: follow you. They can follow Perfect. you and your, you know, I know I follow you. So you've got pictures of your, you and your husband, your little baby now. So yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, thank you so much.
0: You're welcome. Thanks for having me.
1: Are you looking for birth education? did you know that I have two fabulous birth courses that are super affordable well I do head over to mobylabor slash podcast to take a short quiz to see which birth class is for you when you purchase either birth course you'll have full access to it forever and that means it will never expire and you can access it throughout any stage of your pregnancy or or for any subsequent pregnancies that you have. You'll also gain free access to my Facebook group, linked to the class where you can ask questions about your pregnancy, share your birth story after you give birth, read other people's birth stories, and get to know other members who are in the course. There is also a money-back guarantee, so if you are at all unsatisfied with your purchase, please, please send me an email at hello at mommylaborers.com for a full refund. There's really no risk to signing up, and I promise you will learn a ton about what's to come when you give birth. As a listener of this podcast, you automatically get 20% off any purchase if you use the code PODCASTLISTENER. I've had tons of moms just like you enter these birth courses and have fabulous, wonderful, empowering births because they feel so much more educated about what's to happen. So, if you are at all curious about birth education, again, I encourage you to go to slash podcast and use the code podcast listener to save 20%. so that is it for this episode of the mommy labor nurse podcast you probably follow me on instagram because that's probably where you came from but if you don't head over to instagram and follow me at mommy.labornurse for more that is certainly where i am most active i also now have a separate instagram for just this podcast so i encourage you to follow my second account at mommy.labornurse.podcast as well if you want podcast updates. Again, that is at nurse.podcast. As always, you guys know that I also have a website where I have tons of articles all about pregnancy, birth, breastfeeding, newborn stuff, and more at www.mommylabornurse.com. I want to hear more from you on how much you love this episode of the podcast or how you think I can improve. So leave me a comment on one of my pictures, send me a DM, or send me an email with all the love. All right, guys, I will see you same time, same place next week.